Oh my gosh, it's Rift Reaction, and there is so much to talk about this week. Emily and I are right. This is going to be a bizarre episode of Rift Reaction because Emily and I have been hanging out for the past 45 minutes. Uh, web services have been crashing around us. Yep. News has been launching, right? Uh, released two video games today, uh, and like services have gone down. They announced the whole format for next year. They announced a secret or special server for North American players only. There's all the free agency stuff that I streamed for nine hours yesterday, and uh, it's not even 10.30 in the morning here. Yeah, um, there's em- a lot. It's a lot. Emily was literally just singing uh, on stop. I, I couldn't Travis is yelling at me. It's true. It's, uh, it's He's so I just, mean. I'm just pre- okay. That's not true. <laughs> I'm just prepping everyone for what is going to be the most bizarre episode of Rift Reaction ever. And we're going to start with a well. First off, we're going to talk about uh, all the free agency stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about cha- the new format. We're going to talk about some arcane stuff because why not? Uh, it just there's so much. Okay. Uh, but before we get into any of that, we're going to start with a personal anecdote, oh, uh, which is that when I was in preschool, my very first day, uh, I had a, a packed lunch, which consisted of chips and a sandwich. And this woman who I hate named Phyllis told me that I could not eat the chips until after I does, was done with a sandwich as if they were a dessert and not an accompaniment. And that is what is happening right now. As Emily is insisting that we start the show with scouting grabs. Wow, okay. So the scouting grabs Q&A this week is which player are you looking forward to seeing the most at NA scouting grabs? Let's lead with that because that was what we had last week. Emily, what do you think of the answers? So I'm going to disregard the, uh, you know, people that uh, either put in like joke answers or just people who weren't there. Um, I saw of Bradley. I saw of Five Fire. Bradley is someone who kind of came on the radar when he was uh, Bethany Lutheran unexpectedly make it made it through the collegiate circuit, but then has since performed really well in proving grounds and was definitely one of the top people, uh, you know, players that people were looking at. Um, Five Fire, Kyle, um, we've got, I think, Gamsu uh, people were looking out for, which we already talked about. Breezy, Gamsu. Uh, we have some. So the the reason why I want to bring this up uh, first is a because Scouting Grounds was awesome, and if you do want to see some of these players, the matches should be available to rewatch. Uh, remember, this is not necessarily about how well the teams do, but how individual players perform. So um, mainly, Gamsu and Five Fire look like the two people that uh, you know fans were looking forward to seeing. Um, Perry actually ended up winning most improved, which I think is kind of the whole point of the event. So I'd encourage people to look at him. He was the youngest player at the entire event. Obviously, then Bradley performed really well. Um, Concept was another person I know people were kind of looking at. So maybe take a look at him. He's one of the top laners. But the reason why I wanted to lead off with this was actually for a purpose and not because of a weird eat your vegetable slash sandwich before your chips. And it is because... The two of the biggest signings, I think, for me, which I know everyone's going to be like, Emily, what are you talking about? Are the general sniper signing for 100 Thieves for their amateur scene and then EG promoting Jojo Pian. Uh, I think when we talk about 
North American talent and all this stuff with contract buyouts and bringing in players from Europe or South Korea to North America and the decisions behind doing that. I think that, and this is going to be a lot of pressure, but I think that the Jojo Pion promotion is one of the biggest things that I've seen happen in an NA offseason in terms of they're like, we believe in this player. We've been talking about him. He's been on in our, you know, uh, ecosystem and now we are actually promoting him to an LCS lineup as an as a native North American talent and so I hope he does really really well I know there are going to be a lot of eyes on him I know that I mean I've seen him play I know he's individually talented but to stand behind not only a North American player but a North American mid laner is pretty nuts and I am I really, really hope he does well. Like, I want him to do well. Of all the signings, I want Jojo Pion to do well. Well, and I, I forget if we talked about it last week or not, uh, because I think that my mind is a blur through free agency and arcane and all that stuff. But the the obviously the most remarkable thing about this to me personally is that EG had an option to do what LCS teams have historically done, which is pick up veterans, big-name veterans. And so they could have run Jensen in this position, they could have run double lift in the Danny position, and that team would have looked like a team that we would have expected to see for quite some time. A European import jungler is inspired as supposedly going there, and impact, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, uh, so it would not have been the first time we saw impact double lift and Jensen on the same team. And yet, there was a conscious decision to actually go with uh, younger North American talents in JoJo Pyun and Danny, and so it is a. A remarkable shift, I think, for a top team to make this this type of decision. Yeah, and even though they didn't make it as far as they wanted to, uh, the past Evil Geniuses team, I don't think anyone can look at Danny and say, wow, this person certainly didn't deliver. Like, if anything, he massively overperformed compared to people's expectations, right? Yeah. Because I remember when he was first announced and definitely was benched, and it didn't even make it the front page of Reddit, I don't think. <laughs> well, but by the time I say this, there might be already announced, or maybe it's just a rumor. But I've heard that Gamsu's heading to 100T Academy as well. Uh, and I don't think I've mentioned that previously. And I know you were excited about Gamsu as we were just talking about him. So I thought I'd mention this without telling you about it or putting it in the show notes to get a live reaction. Oh, nice. So he's getting he's getting promoted up the, seemingly, up the chain? Yes, okay. seemingly. Well, Which makes sense because cool. uh, we're seeing... You know, obviously there's some movement there. They're bringing General Sniper in on uh, 100T next and all this stuff. So uh, a lot of things happening over on the 100T side. Though I'm very sad that Kenvi supposedly is in contract jail. Uh, yeah. I just heard he has a really big buyout, and that's why I think a lot of people were hoping to see him play this year. So we'll see. Yeah, because we're seeing, I mean, the Gomsu thing makes sense because Tenacity is moving yeah. to the to the main roster. Well, we're going to talk about uh, North America first since we're leading with scouting grounds. Um, but here's something that kind of affects both hundred, uh, both North America and LEC, which we will get to later, mm-hmm. which is just how much the off-season economy broke. Oh, so I have a video. I, we can't, like, it, I, I have, like, a 20-minute video that I think I did on stream. I still haven't released it. I need to send it to somebody today to get it edited. But just talking about how I think there were, in the video, I basically outlined that there were three fundamental trends in the off-season economy this year that led to very unexpected conclusions. So one of them was... Uh, the LCS becoming, in my mind, bifurcated into essentially two separate leagues, 
that play each other, uh, an A league and a B league with obviously the top five teams and the bottom five. I don't think people need to have me list those out. Um, but that has that has created a situation where teams or players uh, in the top league usually don't want to play in the bottom league and in often in many situations are opting out. Um, and I liken that a little bit to the great resignation, which we are seeing as a trend in the broader U.S. right now, where there's a lot of players, a lot of players, a lot of employees who in some cases have been making great money. Like uh, I know, I know, for instance, some engineers that have been making great money for years and they're saying, you know, what, I'm going to take some time off. And it reminds me a little bit of what's happening in the LCS as we have players who are just saying, you know, give me give me top teams or give me death uh, and are willingly going into a, a vacation or a retirement with the millions of dollars in some cases that they've been making. And then also uh, we're seeing downward pressure in general as, as I think LCS teams are unwilling to spend what they've spent previously, uh, especially after sort of the hangover year that are, I think next year will be a hangover year from all the money that was spent this, this past year. So it's downward mm-hmm. pressure. So it's pushing salaries down. So it's also affecting stuff. You have teams, some players that are not interested in going places and for that reason. And also some teams that are not willing to spend on big imports, um, and speaking of spending on big imports, there's also just like buyouts are essentially crashing. And while I know like Team Liquid and you know maybe the Inspired pickup or whatever, some of these are, I'm sure there are still some big buyouts out there. You see Carlos uh, over in LEC. That's essentially he's essentially running a fire sale, which is leading us to one of our first topics. Uh, the rumor from the the Dot Esports show last night that uh, Mickey X is potentially going to TSM pending buyouts going down there. Mm-hmm. So that's why the short version of my big synopsis of what I, th- I think are the major trends in the offseason economy stuff. But I don't know if you've been surprised by any of the things that we've been seeing so far, Emily, this offseason related to the economy. Uh, so I nothing about it surprises me. I don't know about tying into the greater U.S. economy because that's fundamentally broken on so many levels. But I think with the LCS offseason economy, this was something that was very easily predicted if you looked at trends with contracts for the past few years. He's going to sell both. Okay, not contracts the player, but yes, I, I have heard that. Um, the although okay, so contracts actually was one of the players who was affected by having a massive buyout, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't end up on on teams uh, for LCS for so long too, um, because you do have the top teams in the league able to you know establish these massive buyouts. I saw this happen in LPL before it actually ever happened to the same level in LCS and LEC with the top teams. But there is definitely a massive discrepancy between the haves and have nots uh, in the LCS and in terms of how much people are willing to pay. And you end up with the situation where you have incredibly talented people who do not have jobs because no one is willing to pay their buyout. It's really frustrating for me to watch. It's one of the reasons why I really wish and I know uh, Jacob said it on the Dot Esports show last night. I know a lot of people agree with me. Players need to start standing up for themselves and banding together and possibly unionizing uh, if they can, which is would be massively difficult. But I mean, the people who are getting screwed over in this are the players, not the organizations, right? The organizations are the ones setting 
these buyouts and players uh, are kind of have to end up going along with them. The mo- the massive one that I want to talk about, and we're kind of skipping around here, so I can touch upon it later, is Niski, though, um, because that was a big thing that came out last night was the buyout around Niski and how now it's lowered, but initially Cloud9 rejected, um, I believe, a 350K buyout. Yeah, or 350K euro request for Niski. So, and Niski is someone who I think is incredibly talented. When we talk about this kind of Doinby style, he's one who actually understands the way that side lane pressure works. He is a remarkable mid laner for junglers specifically because of the way he plays the lane. And I think the world of Niski, I think he's an incredibly talented player. And it makes me really frustrated that he is not on a team yet or that this has affected the the way that the economy has evolved has affected his ability to get onto a team separate from his ability on the rift. Uh, I mean, I, I, and I do want to note, by the way, that I think that the the circumstances there are a little bit broader than that because I think a lot of C9 fans have honed in on just 50K, Jack. You wouldn't pay an extra 50K because uh, I was yeah. reported that he was transferred for 300k and and the jack didn't want to pay 50k more to get him back um and so i think that the it's it's just sort of the the timing of stuff even niski himself tweeted that the timing on the stuff works but yeah uh, uh, he also what did he say he said this offseason was terrible or something he's yeah he's explosives. basically like it, he's basically like this specifically was more down to timing but also this offseason is broken or something yes, like yes. that yeah there were some expletives i believe okay <laughs> this um, offseason is Explode, deleted, broken. Well, well, I know, I know, we are jumping around, but but going back to you, you mentioned General Sniper. We were talking about Gamsu. Uh, one of the things that I have in the notes here is like the idea that Hunter T might have won by essentially doing nothing. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen they announced basically their entire LCS roster for next year. It is just their current roster with Tenacity joining uh, as a six man. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I think this year after the the jungle situation on EG, there were a lot of questions about the value of six six men a lot of people were uh freaking out about it but uh <laughs> i think i was i was uh forced into and i know you hate this i tried to get you to do this on the show but i i was bullied into my by my twitch chat yesterday uh through a sub goal to um to power rank the different teams <laughs> based off of their projected rosters and uh well listen i was gonna I ask i was just asking you generally what you thought of the league versus last year but i understand uh, ESPN power rankings, I'm sure, were tough for you. Um, so, but but I did stay stick. The only teams that I stuck in the S tier are TL and Hundred T, and it's great for Hundred T in some sense because they didn't have to do anything other than add tenacity. And I think I would have still stuck them in the S tier even if they hadn't added tenacity. And so the meme is, of course, Hundred T wins the offseason by doing nothing. I you know I don't know if they won because obviously TL. I think a lot of people are going to put TL up there, and maybe we'll see something come out of of TSM or. Or some C9 stuff, but uh, are you surprised at all to see the TSM or the TL 100T roster stay the same? No. I mean, I think the so when you look at 100 Thieves as an organization across multiple esports, it's very fortunate that they won because I do think they would have wanted to stick maybe with this roster even if they'd say like lost in finals and still qualified for worlds or something. You know what I mean? Um, because this roster still has the potential to continue to get better together. I I actually like fully believe that with these players, they seem to get along 
in terms of what they want to do in game, like also out of game, which they've mentioned themselves that they're kind of all friends. But in game, they seem to have clear understandings of what they want to do as a team, which is really important to have. We talked about TL last week and how one of the things that I'm really curious about the roster is where all these players who have different ideas of the game are going to mesh. And 100T already seems to have that with their roster. The reason why I say they're lucky that they won LCS is because we've seen in other esports, particularly Valorant and Call of Duty, even when they fall like just short, you know, someone at the top is just like, we gotta switch it up, we're not in first. So I'm happy that they were able to hold on to this roster because I think it's not only filled with good individual players, but also they get along really well. Uh, TSM Mickey X is, is rumored. Random. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, you know, Mark Mark last night, I think, was was mentioning on the show that he he feels like I, TSM fans, I think, are worried about the intentions of this player coming over here. It's like, what are your, what are your intentions with my daughter? You know, like I think that's what TSM <laughs> fans are saying about the Amazing. your intention with the TSM roster. Uh, it's it's because it's just a question of like, is this happening because he doesn't because like the other teams have locked essentially and Carlos has no else to send him and it's like, well, is this in line with what Parthen and Andy Din had said was the intentions for the roster going into next year or is this just like, well, he's available and so like we'll bring him over and he'll be here for a year and then he'll boomerang back to whatever team and and uh, LEC needs a, a spot for him uh, next year so I or in 2023. So I, I do think it's interesting. Um, I don't know if this is something you get excited about. I mean, I like Mickey as a player and also as a um, as someone who, like, I interviewed several times. Like, he's a great interview. He's a great personality. He's very funny. Like, he used to, in all of 2019, I don't think I interviewed him once without him starting with, well, first of all, thank you for the question. Yes. <laughs> so, so much that it became a meme. He's just like a very funny person. Uh, and I think he'll get along well with Huni and, and Spika in terms of what they want to do. Like we've talked about how Huni is a player who really likes to TP bot or really likes to affect the rest of the map. Um, Mickey is really good at roaming. I think, you know, he kind of made his name for not only the variety of the champions he would play in his init initiation and gauge sense, but his actual roam timing. So I think that could work out really well with the way that Spika and Huni like to play the game. I don't know about the rest of their lineup, so. Yeah, we'll see. But it would be fun to have him over here. I just, I... Yeah, I mean, I love I love him as like a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that is what it is. It's like I I love him as like a character. I think similar to I think a lot of people, I do have a little bit of hangover from the Alfari perks sword art stuff last year. And like this, I hope this is a different vibe than that in terms of like oh you're over here now you're gone. Uh, and it's okay. Talking speaking of old school teams, CLG celebrated the free agency time by just tweeting out that they'd release literally everyone. Mm -hmm. Goodbye coaches. Goodbye players. Uh, Tafo, their GM had already previously announced that he was leaving and CLG had announced that. The Greg Kim, who was previously running esports over at Evil Geniuses, went to CLG earlier this year mm -hmm. and he has decided, he's just hit him with the TNT. <laughs> Uh, the explain. Bud Light Ace, yes, as the, people were the saying. The Bud Light Ace is like the perfect meme for that. Um, it is. It, <laughs> so, 
So who was it? Somebody was tweeting like, well, I guess they did warn them, uh, which is <laughs> reference to their notable clip, which feels so long ago of their conversation. Uh, this is the last time this roster is going to play together. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> So we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, I am I I've put this out there previously, but I am projecting uh, Jenkins contracts Palafox Luger and Poom. I'm, I'm ninety plus percent confident that that is their lineup for next year. So that would definitely be a, a I think an exciting answer to what was last year. Them kind of putting together a uh, a lineup of veterans and uh, and then. You know, just not really performing. I the great thing about the contract or the the lineup that I just mentioned is I think that even if they perform just as well as they did this year, it still is a way better situation for them because at least then they took a chance on like growing some talent and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And my suspicion is they might actually perform uh, better, but we'll see. Well, I also think that's why like they felt like they had to clear house, right? Like no, it was nothing against like some of the players did perform well. But the most important thing to send a message is to be like, nothing that happened last year exists going into this year. You know, yeah. like it's just like a completely clean break. So while I feel bad for a lot of the like players and staff involved because I think a lot of it was not their fault. In fact, 90% of it was probably not their fault because it just seemed like a not great environment overall. I do think that Clearinghouse was necessary uh, in terms of restarting the entire like org and branding and stuff. So it's fairly certain, I think, at this point in time that Fudge will be role swapping. It's been I, I put that roster out two nights ago and uh, immediately Fudge started bragging about how he had said that he would do this if Fudge, if Perks was that good enough and the whole C9 account started memeing and all this stuff. So I think it's it's pretty safe to say that we're going to see Summit in the top lane and Fudge roll swapping mid. So that gets you excited? Are you excited for Fudge versus Bjergsen next year, Emily? So I think Fudge is someone who's leaning and understanding of the game, you know, blossomed exponentially over the course of last year so if you're asking me will fudge be able to roll roll swap i certainly think he has the skill set to be able to do so obviously mid is a lot different than top but top lane overall i would say if you're looking at just like raw laning mechanics in terms of how to play a 1v1 how to manipulate waves etc top lane is the lane where you learn all of that and and you have to be good at it to be a good top laner right so in swapping to mid the most interesting thing is going to be how his relationship with his jungler changes because that's a much different relationship that you have with your jungler as a mid laner than you have as a top laner summit is a remarkably talented top laner uh i don't know how he'll get along with the team i'm just saying in terms of his skill he's very good so okay so you think c9 is going to be the best team next year no but i don't (laughs) i I feel like it's gonna suck i feel like i don't hate the move as much as other people do i guess gotcha i'm surprised people hate the move uh I don't know. Uh, uh, similarly, <laughs> I think I, <laughs> uh, boy, I snuck this into the roster rumor video because I just feel like it's so incendiary that I was a little nervous to stick on it for too long. But uh, rumors of LS uh, joining up with Cloud9 mm-hmm. to coach them in some way alongside uh, some other LS friends. Are you excited for coach? I mean, we had we didn't not doing we were not doing the show this time last year when there were other rumors of LS coaching a different team. Uh, so, but 
So it should not be that surprising that one, there's been a pretty big reaction to this, and two, that you know perhaps LS still likes the idea of coaching, and like this could be something that is is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, coaching a League of Legends team seems like a miserable experience to me personally. Oh yeah, but uh, in terms of in terms of LS, will he do well, etc.? I mean, you already have Max Waldo and Vigar V2 on that staff, and LS gets along with both of those people very well. So the biggest thing is that you will have a staff that works really well together and has a very similar idea of how they want to play the game. And I think C9, you know, even with with Mithy, who left, I do think one of the strengths of C9 this past year was their coaching staff, right? Because when we looked at or I talked about this during their world's performance. My problem wasn't with their drafts or their itemization, which I actually thought was like really smart for the most part. It was with their execution. So if LS can come in and really help have a more cohesive execution on the team, I mean, that's good. And he already knows the, the analysts and coaches that are there. So, Well, and that's, that's kind of what I was saying too, is like in my mind, if you're going to have LS coach a team, you have to just create, you have to give him everything he wants. Um, because I, I think LS is the type of guy who very clearly has a strong opinion about how League of Legends should be played, mm-hmm. about which players are good, about the type of environment teams should have, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't think that there's one aspect of, of League of Legends competitive esports that LS does not have an opinion on. That is part of the reason why everybody loves his content so much. It's why I like having him in a hotline league. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also means that you can't come... you. It can't be one of those situations where there's a team that exists and you plug them in at the last minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, for sure. For sure. And, and I, so I, I agree with that. And so giving, like, in my mind, the the rumored lineup, the rumored coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera, is LS, given the optimal conditions for him. Mm-hmm. He's got the staff he wants. He's got players that I think he would want. Obviously, he's close with Fudge. I'm sure he's, he immediately had a lot to say about Summit uh, on Twitter, which in my mind somewhat corroborates the... Uh, idea that he's going to be involved in this uh so so um i i i hope it happens in part just because honestly i think there's a good chance that besides bjergsen ls becoming part of the lcs next year could be the biggest uh off-season move uh for in terms of lcs fandom and brand so uh we'll see but now we're done with lcs finally and let's yeah. talk about another you're gonna caster. Make, you're going to make me like run through all the LEC things. So let's talk super about short. Aren't no, you? no, no, we'll do this. We'll do this. Uh, let's talk about another caster turned uh, coach, supposedly based on the rumors. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Cajal was live co-streaming. Did you see it? Yeah, it was. It's so funny. I it's love so Mark. Funny. He's hilarious. I mean, I don't think he expects so. He was live co-streaming the Dot Esports free agency show. <laughs> and I, I don't understand how in his mind he did not have a plan for this because uh, you have to know that yes, they're exactly. gonna, they're going to find out. Yes, or that they could, right? Yeah. Like there's stuff out there that I don't think they talked about yet. Maybe they didn't feel like it was finalized enough yet, or maybe they they had not heard it or something. But like you have you in my mind, and especially working on this side now over the past couple of years, doing more of the free agency coverage, it's like. Everybody just hears everything nowadays, especially there's just so much information being traded. And so the idea that he did not realize that they were going to be saying on the show potentially, by the way, Cajal is probably going to be coaching on Vitality next year. He's in discussions. I I am so surprised he didn't have a plan. It was for amazing it. content, though, because he clearly did not. Like, no, he, he had no idea. He just was stunned. And then like, 
Like, it's great because there's a clip of him getting up and leaving the computer, but then, like, he, I watched and he's just, like, stunned for a while and then eventually starts being like, yeah, I was talking to a lot of people. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It was just so wild. Uh, but, man, I, Vitality would, I think... I wonder if Vitality would just instantly become the most popular team next year if they get the roster that they're talking about plus Cadrill comes in. Because Cadrill, I think, has grown mm-hmm. as a huge voice and influencer in the space over the past year. Um, and so signing him, I feel like, could definitely be a feather in their cap or a cherry on top of their Sunday or any, yeah. under a number of other analogies. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the Vitality roster because I feel like we already touched yes. on that in previous episodes. But I will say this. I think Cadrill is a remarkably smart person about the game. And it's just going to be, like I said, I think coaching a League of Legends team sounds like a miserable experience. But if you want to do it, uh, I think having a really strong game understanding is important. And then also a really strong understanding of how to relate to players. Cadrill was a pro player. Uh, I think that's another thing in his favor as well, just in terms of he knows how to operate in a team dynamic and possibly what works and definitely what doesn't. So from his own personal experience. So hopefully he can bring that and and earn the respect of his players. Because again, the tricky thing is that when we talk about these rosters, that would be like a super team roster with a bunch of people who have very set ideas of how they want to play the game. So I wish nothing but the best for him because I respect the hell out of Cadrill. He is an amazing person to work with from working with him at Worlds. He's incredibly smart. You should have voted for him in the Esports Awards Best Analyst. And yeah, he is great, and I wish him nothing but the best. I just think he needs to remember that his players are partners, not employees. Oh, I think that's God. The We're not talking he's about coaching this. this team. We're not talking about this. All right, Esports Maniacos reporting rumors that Fnatic looked at... Ale. Ale. So not an option anymore, but they are also possibly looking at TES Top Laner 369, which was just reported this morning, actually, like right before we were hopping on this call or like a, a, basically a few hours ago as we were prepping. Um, it's time It's time for LAC to start picking up some of the imports. And slack. then there's also rumors of a possible Niski role swap to top, which question mark i i don't know how likely that is is I that already, just what fanatic does with players that they can't figure <laughs> out what to do anything with They're just, just like we want you but just roll um slot. yeah i mean the antonio has also been uh rumored but only based on razork meme things which razork was already actually signed to fanatic so um that's something we already know um but yeah, I, I wanted to throw out the 369 thing in there because it's so random to me. But 369 is an incredibly talented top laner who had some internal disagreements with top esports. I'd be surprised if he was looking at going to LEC, but um, I'd be curious, I'd be, you know, interested to see it. Uh, Razork, I already mentioned. The big thing I want to talk about with you, actually, since you're big into like branding and stuff, is the whole Reckless, K-Corp, K-Corp stuff, and yeah. Cabo Shard thing. So basically the fact that Reckless could not get on. We talked about this last week where Reckless is not even the headlining signing, right? Like we we're talking about these these players that teams were looking at to have like watershed moments after they get signed, everything kind of falls into place for LEC and LCS. And Reckless wasn't one of them, right? He was right. just kind of floating off in the distance somewhere. And he's going to K Corp, which is a massive team with a massive brand, by the way. Uh, and, and, you know, they're obviously kind of making a push to possibly, you know, become a franchise at some point. But then 
the big thing is Cabo Shard staying with K Corp despite an offer from Fnatic. Yeah. Is really interesting to me. Like I wanted to know what you thought, A, of the fact that Reckless isn't going to be playing for an LEC team, but then also that Cabo, who has his own massive brand and is actually French, right? So you I think know, it, it, I he mean, ties into the branding of this team, chose not to be on Fnatic, which I, I mean, they've been dragged through a lot of stuff, but it's still a premier brand in LEC. Like, what do you think of this? Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you asked. Uh, so a couple different things here. Um, I believe Carlos was heard recently as saying, uh, it's not my fault no one wants Reckless. I think that was his oh, line, right? Oh, God, no. See, I'm just bringing it all back uh, this episode. No, I, I look, one, I personally love Reckless. Two, I suspect that fans overestimate the demand that Reckless had in general this offseason from teams. Hmm. Three, I think Carlos overestimated the demand <laughs> that Reckless would have this offseason from teams. And so you end up in, a, in an environment where offseason moves really quickly. You know, you're waiting, you're waiting. You know, people are hitting him up, but there's buyouts. We know that buyouts crash this offseason. And so suddenly there's this situation where he can go someplace. Uh, I think I had somebody in, in one of my discords uh, that works in the industry uh, over here in North America who said, I'm going to be honest, I had no idea who K Corp was until today. Uh, and I think it's 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 not surprising. I think a lot of Law Esports fans generally, especially in North America, did not know who K Corp is. Obviously, I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy. We honestly, that should have been the poll for this week. We won't do it. Have you heard of K Corp? Yeah, yeah. Had you heard of K Corp before yesterday? Um, but like, I think I, I don't. I know you know them because you you follow every league that exists in Law Esports. I but not. I promise you that the vast majority of North American fans over i know obviously it makes sense because they're a european organization but did not know them but they will know them now mm -hmm. and i think that that's what is really interesting about this is that we're getting to the point now you know diamond was in um my twitch chat yesterday i think when we were talking about the reckless stuff um saying that uh people people need to realize or maybe it was the capital shard stuff people need to realize that uh key corp might have more fans than tsm these days mm -hmm. Uh, because of just how big th that league is, their finals are huge. Like, like this is a, a big opportunity, and I don't, I don't know what the. I'm very curious if we'll ever find out what the numbers are associated with this stuff. But like, K Corp also might just have a ton of money. I don't know enough about them as a business to, to know that. So that could also be, like, uh, here. Let's create a theoretical scenario, right? You are Kabashad, for instance, and you are getting offered more money to play by K Corp. I don't know if they were or if he was, but. You, you might have been you uh you are like hey i can dominate this league and like yeah i'm not going to worlds but like i can be awesome here uh because the talent pool is not the same as the lec uh and the fandom is crazy and i love it and you're just happy it's like that might be a moment where you're gonna make that decision and i think i don't know how much of a say reckless had in what is supposedly happening with him but like i i think there's a good chance that that could could have been cool too also like there I, I don't know what the contracts are going to look like. That would be very interesting to me mm -hmm. is how long this contract's going to exist for, what the buyouts are going to look for, like how much agency the player has in their movement. But there, I think, especially with the way that these leagues are structured, that more and more players can start looking at, if you don't find the option that you really like in the offseason, 
doing something interesting in spring and having the confidence that somebody will come knock on your door in summer. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that could even be a factor here too. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe these guys just want to play here forever. Um, but I, I, I find the whole thing fascinating. I think it is, it is a, a huge uh, confluence of different factors from the off season economy to the rise of the um, regional leagues to all sorts of stuff. And I, I I'm, curious if this is the beginning of a big trend yeah i mean the big thing for me was that the team he turned down was fanatic not yeah yeah, like that that was really interesting to me but yeah i mean i think it's it is interesting but like i don't know uh like fanatic is not a guaranteed world's run next year you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i think the lec is becoming more competitive there are more teams that are are there like i remember it was like two years ago or something like that where i did an interview with whippo where he said I think it makes sense that uh, which player was it that was coming over? Um, I don't know. Some some notable player was coming over, and he said, "I think it makes sense that some so and so is coming over because if you are not in, if you're not named G two or Fnatic, you're not winning LEC." Mm-hmm. And obviously, that has changed. Um, yeah, it was All Stars 2019, in just a couple of years, and so I think that's like Fnatic is huge. But they are not; they do not have the stranglehold with G two that they did a couple of years ago, and so I don't know. I th- I think they are less attractive now than they used to be. All the all the major brands and teams, I think, in LEC yeah. and LCS are both losing the the strangleholds that they used to have on these leagues from a brand and fandom and player acquisition perspective, and I think it's it's remarkable. Yeah, I already talked about Niski. Uh, there are a few other things I want to say that both. Crownshot and Adam are going to BDS, and then Kabe was announced for Astralis this morning. Um, I also wanted to throw out there that Tamwon is still negotiating with Showmaker Canyon and Barrel, but they're technically all free agents, and then obviously everyone's talking about Chovy as a free agent. And one last thing coming from LCK is that there were rumors of tampering with at least four different organizations. <gasps> Uh, for players, I'm pre-off season, um, and I, I was there. By the way, quick question: Was that? Is there any clarity on if that was like among LEC, LCK teams? It Could, was. It was someone who was like an age, basically like an agent. Gotcha. Okay, because it would be very. So it's an agent doing the tampering. Like I, when I saw that, my first thought was like, "Is this going to be about LCS and LEC teams?" Because I could just totally no. see it. We it's, run it's our off season way different. It's an internal thing. I gotcha. With, okay, okay. Like basically, they contacted players or like players' families because like a a big thing that happens. I wrote about this forever ago, but like in the LCK and LPL off seasons, a lot of the contract negotiations are like you sit down with a player and their entire family over like a dinner and it's this very long drawn out like thing with a uh, different ideas of how you approach signing that player, right? It's yeah. just different. Um, and so the basically essentially players or players' parents were contract contacted directly by someone who said they were acting as an agent uh, without, you know, permission or uh, due process done or whatever so um i think that is something to keep an eye on and nongshim red force did actually come out and say that they believed one of their players at least had been tampered with they said that publicly so something to keep an eye out for 
All right. Do we just did we finally make it through all the free agency news? I mean, not even. But not, yeah, I mean, there's a ton we, we didn't cover, talk about. Yeah. There's a ton we didn't talk about. We'll talk about more of it next week, especially as things are getting confirmed this week. Uh, and this is, I guess I should say, I'm going to ask our producer to call this the free agency mega episode because I know we're going to be going over. But uh, we, we now have five minutes before we start yeah. recording this. <laughs> Riot dropped their entire format for next year, uh, as well as the announcement that they're going to be creating an NA super server waste on the West Coast for players to play on with low ping. This seems to be an effort that uh, came about through the Players Association. So meme on the players association no more they have delivered one of the things that people talked about the most all these oh, i'm just so happy that now i don't have to hear hotline league callers calling and be like the lcs should move to chicago and raz even backed that up one time by the way <laughs> anyway uh so i don't know uh if you and i i know have not had a chance to super dive into this but what are mm -hmm. our immediate reactions i guess is what we should go for here so we're looking at the uh there's a few things. There's format changes. I think the big format change for Academy and um, and Amateur is that basically Academy playoffs don't exist anymore. And so the 10 Academy teams will basically be in the Proving Ground circuit to face the top 10 Amateur teams. And then Amateur circuit is going to be two tournaments that feed directly into Proving Grounds. And the semifinals and finals of Proving Grounds will be played on a LAN environment as opposed to online. So Scouting Grounds, Scouting is, dead. grounds is dead, um, which is sad. But I also think that, you know, building out Proving Grounds, amateur teams like for this, the big surprise at Scouting Grounds for me was Perry. Uh, and then everyone else we kind of knew or were on people's radar. So it's just a matter of giving them a platform. And now that platform actually is taken by the proving ground circuit. I yeah, think it's, it was dated. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think we've talked about this a lot where there's so many more eyeballs on amateur this year in North America, uh, you know, as a whole. Um, and then LCS is changing a bit where it's a double round Robin of two days a week. Yeah. Back to two days, except for a few super weeks. And then the lock-in tournament stays, which I, I personally love. I think the lock-in tournament was such a great success and there will be extra breaks in between as well, especially with the mid season invitational. I think that's a very good quality of life change to have that extra time did you just mention the super weeks yes super weeks yes they're back after since 2014 we've i think we haven't had super yeah. weeks and now i mean they were returned. already back in lec so now yeah, we yeah, yeah yeah lcs so uh remarkable changes i think uh the fact that it's down to like the broadcast changes alone are are wild like i know people are going to be focusing on a ton of stuff but just the fact that they're they're back down to saturday and sunday after doing a couple years of, of three days a week mm -hmm. Um, oh man, I am, I'm, I'm excited for it. I know this is, this was unpopular, less but days I can work. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. They're going to find other stuff. I, if you ever want to do stuff, there's Travis Gafford industries has an open door for you on your Fridays to awesome. create content. Um, just not written content. Uh, the, the, uh, two days a week thing is, is going to be unpopular. I think because I remember I pulled it on hotline league and people were not happy about it, but I actually think it's healthier for the the scene, um, and I think viewership will be more concentrated on those two days, which I think will also give people a bit of a better feeling uh, about the health of the league. So, because the optics there are interesting, the other thing that's uh, good here is there's this line that says 
while no league system can be completely st- set in stone or impervious to necessary adjustments, we do not see, we do not plan on making significant changes to the LCS Academy and amateur competitions for the foreseeable future. So there you go. It's locked in uh, for a while, at least, because I know a lot of people were getting fatigued from changing. It was hard to keep up. And quite frankly, I don't think they always did the best job of talking about the changes. So I'm glad that they're doing it so early. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the champions queue, though. Uh, this should make us win Worlds next year, I believe. Um, I've heard from enough people who say that the only issue is the ping. It's all about the ping, the ping, <laughs> ping, 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 ping. Madam Ping is a character in Kenshin Impact. Anyway, uh, this is it's solved. We solved it. We solved North America's problem, Emily. Did we? Um, so I think this is a great step in the right direction. It sounds like the players themselves, particularly Core, was... Uh, I mean, honestly, how good of a pickup is Core for NA? Like, he really cares about making North America better. It's kind of nuts. Um, there, You know, there's something there's something wrong with him. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I, I mean, to have someone like that... Uh, he is apparently a masochist. Um to have someone like that and to have the the players association be involved i've previously criticized them a lot because they don't have a lot of you know agency in terms of helping players out or they previously hadn't that being said we have no idea like what this is going to look like beyond the fact that it's going to be in los angeles so for me it's going to be like tentatively uh, i'm very curious to see how it works out. We don't have a lot of details and they said expect to hear more about features and admission criteria in the coming months. So, um, but I do think at least putting forward a solution that they already admit is not a complete solution. It's a step in the right direction, which I think is good. I, I'm, ex- I'm very excited about it. I mean, the <laughs> there's already some memeing among some of my friends who are like, oh, will players actually take advantage of this? Because in the past... LCS players have complained about systems and then like you give them something and then they don't always use it. So I really do hope that everybody who's claimed that like this is like a huge issue and we need to fix it will actually do it rather than just being like, oh, you know, like I don't want to queue up during the times where this is available, assuming it has like a limited time window, which would be my guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like, oh, you know, like I've got all my stuff on my LCS account or, or my regular account, blah, blah, blah. So I'm I'm hopeful that it gets used, but I do think that this could be actually really good and will kill one of the major reasons people claim that we have issues. And so I'm excited to find out what the new ones will be. Uh, all right. <laughs> we are in the back of the book now. So let's uh, do a couple things here. One, um, let's talk about our, before we react to last week's poll, let's talk about our Q&A and our poll for this week. If you want to open up the Rift Reaction section of uh, Spotify on your mobile device. Which rumored rosters are you most excited about? That's the Q&A. Let us know. What is, mm-hmm. which, which rumored roster? There's a ton of them out there. You know, Maybe it's the, the ghost TSM one that we don't know yet. Um, maybe that'll be something. Or maybe it's Team Liquid. Maybe it's the 100T announced roster. You could put announced rosters in there. We'll allow it too. Which, <laughs> which of these are you excited about? Um, and I'm excited to hear from Emily next week, which one she thinks is uh, the one she's most excited about. Next up, our poll. With the rumored rosters, is LCS stronger, even, or weaker? Uh, because I think that's actually been an interesting debate. It is one that I'm excited to ask Emily about next week whenever Yay. we get to this poll. 
Uh, she loves that type of conversation. And speaking of polls, let's react to last week's poll because it's going to lead into uh, one of our reaction shots. Did you like Arcane? I have not seen a poll like this with it's results like this since we started doing the show. one-sided. Or since, yeah, since we started doing uh, Rift Reaction. Do you like Arcane? Arcane. Yes, 80%. No, 1%. Who are you? The one percent? Who are you out there? Let us know. Uh, haven't seen it. Nineteen percent. Uh, so remarkable love uh, mm-hmm. for Arcane. Um, and speaking of Arcane, one noted LCS analyst this week said that Jace was literally "quote unquote." By the way, spoilers for <laughs> yeah. everyone. Spoilers. Just cut. Like, don't just skip. Just uh, end the show right now if you're if you're. It's spoilers. Uh, the noted LCS analyst said Jace was literally, quote, sleeping with capitalism. Do you know who that me. was, Emily? It was you. It okay. Was me. I was joking around before we started. I said Jace is literally sleeping with capitalism. Ho- hopefully, our producer has heard, watched Act Two yet because I know he watched Act Oh, one. yeah, rip. Um, anyway. <laughs> Spoilers. Reaction shot. Go for it, Emily. Yeah, so my thing is that uh, it was going to be about Niski, actually, but I already ranted about that. So I can't believe that Riot is making me feel things about League of Legends characters. I feel disgusting. Uh, as someone who never paid attention to lore or Can you define like things that. you're feeling? What things are you feeling? Sad. Happy. Oh, okay, okay. I don't uh, know if you were just, like, really excited about Mel. I, I mean, Mel is incredibly attractive. Um, but... I think the the big thing is that I've never cared, right, about lore or anything like that. Um, I think that actually is something I've criticized League of Legends as a whole for in terms of not having a, a casual fan base who made a lot of fan art or, or fan works in general uh, compared to the initial thing of Overwatch, which I brought up already. Um, and the way that people are responding to arcane i think is very interesting uh and yeah i never cared about lore or any of that crap before but i do care about these characters now and i don't know how i feel about that are you gonna play (laughs) ruined king which came came out today just dropped all of a sudden uh i don't know i haven't even had a chance to look at it did you see that it it launched i did see that it launched yeah yeah that was their stealth drop. And then they also have hextech mayhem which you like music and that's a music game so maybe you'll like it i play Bandori, so you know. Oh yeah, you'll you'll like it. Ziggs and Heimerdinger. Okay, my reaction shot is I think people should lay off C9 um, because I think there's a lot of folks right now that are pissed at C9 about the Niski stuff that think that the team is getting that, that the team is going to suck next year. Uh, I know Tim. Look, I don't blame Tim for tweeting this. He's an analyst or whatever, but he tweeted L- or C9 lost the off season. I think a little tongue in cheek since that's what people say every year. But like I we don't know the details of what was going on behind the scenes in C9's planning. I think Kelsey Moser had a great tweet where she was talking about like, yeah, everybody will be in 50K, but you don't understand whenever buyouts are moving around and all mm-hmm. this stuff is changing, like what how that might affect your planning. Sometimes you can't wait around for a buyout to drop. Um, and and I and I C9 has not once ever in my mind, lost the off season, despite the fact that every year people think they lost the C9 off season. Lost, lost the off season. And and I they always put together a compelling roster. And like people should be excited for that type of roster building scenario. Like it should be great that there are teams out there like C9. We should all be excited about this that will go out and do something unconventional in many different years 
and find a way to be competitive with that. Because like, I don't, I think it becomes very boring for me personally, if every team, and I, I like what Team Liquid is doing, it's great, but I don't want every team to just do the Team Liquid model of like, Bjergsen's on the market, oh, time to get them. You know, like yeah. it, that's, it is cool that they do things that people do not expect and then they continue to find success with it. So I, I hope that people at least wait and see what happens with this team next year before they hop on the hate train or the criticism train or whatever. Because um, I, I think it's disappointing. I think the other thing that sucks that I've seen this year that I hadn't seen in, in previous years is kind of a tangent on this is like the C9 and TSM subreddits just seem angry anytime a player is rumored to be going to their team. And like, <laughs> I feel like that sucks for those players. Like, is that really the relationship you want to start with your your teams that, or your players that you're, you're going to want to be supporting next year is just like shitting on them off the, off the bat on the sub the subreddit. Like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, listen, everybody, we did not get a chance to listen to any of your voicemails. Cause this was the mega episode. They've had so much stuff to talk oh. about, but we do have uh, plans to do those probably starting next week, unless things go crazy. Um, I know we did one last week, so we're, we're keeping those. They're not going anywhere. We'll listen to them in the future. And if you want to leave a question, uh, especially by the way, next this month has been crazy, but December is probably going to we're going to be doing multiple of these. I'm guessing. Please leave a message at three two three six zero seven two five three seven. Again, that number is three two three six zero seven two five three seven area code or uh, country code uh, one because you know USA. Uh, listen, uh, let everyone let everyone like this. I guess I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I did nine hour stream yesterday, so at the end Oof. of the show, it's over. Uh, but Emily, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, it was fun. I mean, I know I am a you know massive downer uh, in terms of off season, but now that I actually get to talk about how these rosters are coming together, it's a lot more interesting for me. And here we are, and we'll be talking more about this stuff next week. So be sure to catch us. Shows release every Wednesday on Spotify. Follow us there, and uh, we'll catch you soon. <laughs>